TII item 331, December 11th, 2015, iOS 8.1.2. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. To start your free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music here in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob, I made this song called Park with my iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Well, thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Brandon for sending in the artwork for today's show. Brandon wrote, Hey Rob, I wanted to share some artwork for the podcast that I created with the Canva app. I created this artwork with my iPad mini first gen. Hope you enjoy it. Regards, Brandon H. Well, Brandon, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Brandon's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 331. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the Elmont work in, also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash today on iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? We have the following quote. Quote, one thing Apple investors are waking up to, in other words, is that the iPhone's amazing run is winding down, and that there may never be another iPhone. Unquote. Jay Yarrow, Business Insider, 18th December 2012. Well, never another iPhone as long as you don't count the iPhone 5S and the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Just saying. On episode 330, there were no promo codes offered. But I did offer up a chance to win a Krusta case for the iPhone 6 Plus. If you want to enter in for a chance, just tweet a link to this episode or post a link on Facebook or write a review on iTunes and email me letting you did said activity and a link to your post or your tweet or your review. I will pick a winner on episode 332. Thanks to all that have already entered. This week, we have promo codes for a couple of apps. The first app is called Camtenary. Camtenary is spelled C-A-M-T-I-N-E-R-A-R-Y. Here is the review from the dev. Hi, Cameron Conway here. I developed Camtenary, a travel planning app that helps you map out your business and pleasure trips anywhere in real time. With Camtenary, choose hotels, attractions, and restaurants using search results from Yelp, TripAdvisor, and Apple Maps. See the walking and driving time display between places in your itinerary. Look up reviews, see web photos from Bing and Google Street View, use Apple Maps to see where you want to go, and get directions from place to place. No login required, no personal information whatsoever is collected. The app is priced at $1.99 and is available in the App Store. Get Camtinerary now to enjoy your travels tomorrow. That's Camtinerary, 
C-A-M-T-I-N-E-R-A-R-Y. Cameron, thanks for your review of your app, Camtinerary, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Camtinerary in the subject line. The second item we have promo codes for is the app Office to Go. Three words. Here is the review from the dev. Next Science LLC perinets you their best business app Office Togo, the best document editing and management suite for iPhone and iPad reviewed by Innovative.com. Office Togo by Next Science LLC is the business app that will organize your business life for you in a hurry and in a cinch. Simply put, this is just the very best document editing as well as management suite for your iPhone and iPad. Thanks. Well, thanks to the dev for sending in that review of their app. And that is Office to Go. And for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Office to Go, three words, in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple apps in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating that you are the dev or author at the beginning. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. For those with iOS 8.1.1 and ringtone lossgate, well, 8.1.2 is here to save your day. As you know, on recent episodes, we had multiple listeners talking about lost ringtones and potential ways to get them back, and now Apple has one surefire way to fix the issue, and that is via an upgrade to iOS 8.1.2, which seems to be released mainly with the goal of fixing that specific bug. Also per Apple, quote, to restore missing tones on your iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch, visit iTunes.com slash restore dash tones on that device, unquote. The first step of which is to, you guessed it, well, update iOS 8.1.2 before you go to iTunes.com slash restore dash tones. That alone, the upgrade alone, does not get your ringtones back. But after you update to 8.1.2 on your iOS device and you go to iTunes.com slash restore dash tones and then follow the instructions, you will then get your ringtones back. Or so says Apple. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Forbes magazine hates Apple and can't produce even the most basic of articles accurately or unbiased. What a bunch of idiots. Regards, Brad from Western Michigan. And this is per post titled, quote, Apple released iOS 8.1.2, it will anger users, unquote. Which, I just love the way the article starts off. Quote, without any warning, Apple has today released iOS 8.1.2, unquote. When has Apple ever given a warning that they were releasing a .x.x release? When? Give me one example. Yes, Brad. This article is particularly bad, almost so bad it's laughable. Like this line, quote, Furthermore, iOS 8.1.2 comes in at a paltry 28.2 megabytes, unquote. So yes, he's upset the x.x update is so small 
Because, you know, we all love when the x.x updates are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of megabytes. Really? The quote author, unquote, of this article is Gordon Kelly. Now, we're not going to call him an idiot, not out loud. But clearly, he is someone that has double dot update issues. Thanks, Brad, for bringing the quote article, unquote, to our attention. Now, staying with both the 8.1.2 update and the forms theme, there was another post from Forbes on this update. See, they hire many contract publishers or writers, so that that's kind of why the tone and, and honestly the quality of the post on Forbes can and does vary so widely. The other post was titled, iOS 8.1.2 Jailbreak Exposes Empty Apple Update. And this post is from Ewan Spence. This post is, in my opinion, of better quality than the one from Mr. Kelly. Ewan is one of the better writers for Forbes, along with Erica Murphy and Chuck Jones. But again, quality does vary between writers and sometimes varies quite a bit. In Ewan's article, he points out that the 8.1.2 update does not break the latest jailbreak for TAIG, which is good news for jailbreakers. Ewan does imply that Apple did this update to, quote, ensure that Apple can continue to earn money on ringtones, unquote. But I don't think that was the motivation. I think it was about customers that had already paid for ringtones being able to get that product they paid for. But Ewan and Gordon seem surprised that a double dot X update did not fix more issues. But they almost never do. Yes, Apple still has issues with iOS 8 but the number of issues now are much less than two months ago. And yes, there is iOS 8.2 coming, and that is when we should see more major bug fixes along with support for Apple Watch. In the meantime, expect any other double dot X updates to be focused on a specific bug or security issue, but not something casting a wide net. There was an article posted in Google Plus from GigaOM that's from back in October that I wanted to mention. It is titled, Four Reasons I Don't Restore a Backup to New iPhones. I found it interesting as for the first time with my iPhone 6 Plus, I did not restore from an old backup. And I will say, I think that is one reason, for me at least, why the iPhone 6 Plus has been working really, really well. The four reasons that they gave are, one, new phones seem to run better with a clean install. I'll agree with that. Two, you get a yearly opportunity to weed out unnecessary apps. Three, what about my gazillion photos? And four, but I have documents, music, and other data too. Anyway, really the main reason I did the fresh install was number two. That was, that was why I decided to do it, is I have so many apps from devs that are sending in promo codes, which is a good thing that I needed to clear out the insanity and start fresh. And now what I have done is I only install apps as I need them. And no, I do not need games. So the number of games is very few. One benefit there is my phone is not nearly as fun to use as my kids' own iPhones, which have mostly games on them, even if they are multiple generations old. Not that that thought ever crossed my mind as being a reason to parse my app count. But it is interesting, a couple of months in to see all the apps I have not installed yet. 
If you are having issues with your new iPhone, you might want to think about doing a factory fresh restore and starting from scratch and not from a backup. It may solve many of your issues, maybe. And if it does not, you can always do another restore from your older backup that you did before you did the restore from no backup. On episode 330, near the beginning of the episode, I went over some of the new features and settings in iOS 8. This episode will pick up where we left off on that episode. If you have not listened to episode 330 yet, you'll want to go to the beginning of that episode around the 9 minute and 7 second mark to hear those other features. Per the new features and settings, in the settings for messages, you now have the option store messages. By default, this is set forever, but you can also choose for 30 days or one year. For those complaining about messages taking up multiple gigs, This is one way to get back a lot of that space. Under FaceTime options, there is now the option for iPhone cellular calls for the iPad. This lets you use your iPhone's cellular connection to make and receive FaceTime calls on your other iOS devices. For Safari, as mentioned before, there is now the addition of DuckDuckGo for a search engine to go along with Google, Yahoo, and Bing. Also added to Safari is the option Quick Website Search. When turned on, it will use the Smart Search field to search within the website by typing the website name as part of your search. Under Block Cookies, there are new options. Before, it was Always or Never or From Third Parties and Advertisers. And now it is Always Block or Allow for Current Website Only or allow from websites I visit, or always allow. In the music app, there is now the option Genius, which if you turn on, will send information about your library to Apple. It is off by default, and you want it off for battery settings. In the Photos and Camera app, there is a new option, iCloud Photo Library, quote, automatically upload and store your entire library in the cloud to access photos and video from all of your devices, unquote. And this one is turned off by default. In the podcast app settings, there is now the option background app refresh. This is on by default. Turning off will save some battery power. Most of these features went unchanged between the iOS 8.0 beta 2 when I first talked about them and the current version. Uh, With the exception of block cookies, those options all changed. We'll go over more iOS 8 features and additions in future episodes. Thanks again to Linda for sponsoring this episode. If you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free 10-day trial to their service. Sign up on a Friday evening, you get the whole weekend and the following weekend and the week in between for free for you to go through a lot of video tutorials. And that's 10 days, lots of learning. And Linda offers over 31,000 high quality video courses taught by industry experts. Yes, 3,100 is over 50% more than I had been saying in past episodes. Linda is constantly growing their inventory of great content for you. And Linda is an all you can eat for $25 a month subscription service with the best and highest quality video tutorials to teach you how to do everything you need to know to get ahead in your business or to take better photos or to learn how to get started in a new business or venture. 
like say learning how to program an iOS app or just beefing up your current knowledge in one area of programming. New Year's is coming soon in just a few weeks, and now is the time to make 2015 the year you break out at work or on your own, and Linda can make that happen. But don't wait for 2015 to get here. Do it now. 10 days of free tutorials on a new skill can be the start of a new life. If you have the holidays off, you can consume a lot of video content over those 10 days. Learn how to create great keynote or PowerPoint presentations or get in depth with Excel or FireMaker or any other major program your company uses that you feel like you're kind of a novice at. Or maybe learn about marketing or SEO or social media. Whatever it is you want to do to get ahead at work, Linda will have multiple videos for you. 2015 is going to be your year and it starts right here, right now with Linda and the next 10 days of free video tutorials. You can check them out for yourself for free for 10 days by going to lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Lynda is an all-you-can-eat monthly service. Watch anytime and as often as you like from your computer or iOS device on the go. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this episode. Hey, Rob. It's Justin in Pennsylvania. I was just calling uh, about the whole like iTunes radio not being in Canada thing. There's a lot of like a lot of strong rumors about early 2015 about Beats being uh, rebranded then, or or iTunes Radio getting folded into Beats. Also, there's that everyone's favorite rumor: Beats all of a sudden being put on pre-installed on iPhones. But I, I really think that probably early 2015 is when we'll find something out because it's really hard to negotiate these music deals, and I would almost guarantee that they held off on. Any, any country they didn't get into pre-the Beats deal, I'm sure, has been on hold ever since the negotiation started because they want to get one, one solid deal with the most users possible. And it's almost guaranteed iTunes Radio is somehow going to be folded into Beats or Beats folded into iTunes Radio, you know, some way like that. I really, I've heard a lot of people say about early, like sometime in like January, February time zone, time area. But, you know, of course it's, it's rumors. Who, who the heck knows? No one really knows what Apple. So thanks. I love the show, Rob. Have a great day. Bye. Justin, thanks for the feedback. Hi, Rob. To help Dave from New Jersey, I had the exact same problem with an iPhone 4 a few years ago and had to take the same actions. However, after a few days with my new phone, the same thing happened again. Despairing that I would have to return to the Genius Bar again, this was in the days before iCloud, and I use VoiceOver to interact with my phone. So a non-functioning speaker meant a non-functioning iPhone for me. A friend found a solution. When you seem to have the speaker stop working, plug the headphones back in. As you are pulling out the headphones, press and hold the volume up button. This seemed to get the audio unstuck for me. Incidentally, I have had to do this fix, haven't had to do this fix in a while, but the issue was really annoying and frustrating when I had it. Regards, Chelsea. Chelsea, thanks for the tip about holding the speaker up button as you're pulling the headphones out of the jack. Hi, Rob. I heard a caller talk about problems with the headphone jack on a phone. I thought I would mention that I had issues with my iPhone 5 and had it replaced by Apple at least a couple of times. Finally figured out that it was the headphones it was causing the problem. They must have been they must have done something to short out the electronics in the phone. Once I stopped using that pair, I've never had the problem again. Regards, Myron Yu. Alright, just a quick note about Pandora and Canadian markets for the Apple Store. 
Pandora doesn't exist in the Canadian Apple Store. Pandora is only available in the U.S. Apple Store. Regards, Faisal K. Hi, Rob. At the, at the end of the last episode, 3.30, there was a review at the end of the show on the OtterBox the Defender case for the iPad 2. It had me thinking about my iPhone 5S, which also has an OtterBox Defender on it. I didn't like the screen protector, so I removed it and added a, a tempered glass screen, screen protector that cost me a $10, and uh, it was a breeze, to, a breeze to put on, and it made a huge difference in the visibility and the feel of the, of the phone. Now, they do have these tempered glass screen protectors for the iPad 2, which I don't own. They're around $15 in Amazon Canada, but it, if you have to have an OtterBox, it's uh, probably not a bad, not a bad choice. We are now well over 1,700 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out and had lots of comments was from Ken Donofrio. Sorry, Ken, have I mutilated your name there? Whom asked, I have a music transfer question. I've decided to bullet point it so it's easy to understand. In a nutshell... We need to transfer music from an iPhone 4S that's PC iTunes connection is no longer available to a new phone. So we had an iPhone 4S that was linked to the PC with iTunes. The music was mainly ripped from CDs. The PC hard drive crashed and is unrecoverable. The music is now sitting on an iPhone 4S that is no longer activated. The new phone is a 5, will probably... Uh, buy a 5S or 6 that we want to put the music on. So we want to somehow connect the 4S with all the music to a new laptop with iTunes and the same Apple ID. Then hook the new phone to that iTunes to download the music. What's the easiest way to accomplish this? Can this be accomplished? Unquote. To which Haywood Morgan and Tim Galloway gave a bunch of help. Thanks, gentlemen. The solution that worked for Ken was a link to SyncIOS.com. So S-Y-N-C-I-O-S.com per a post titled How to Transfer Music from iPhone 4S to Computer, which you can find said link if you look through over at the Google Plus community for the post on December 5th from Ken. There is also a post, or was also a post, from Jim Siegel asking, quote, My iPad Air 2 is locked in landscape mode. How do I unlock? Unquote. For iPads with iOS 8, the rotate lock control is in the bottom control center. Swipe up from the bottom of the screen, and you will see the icon for the rotate lock. It just sounds like you have had that toggled on. Just tap on it to toggle it off, and your iPad should rotate once again. Note, for other iPads that have the lock switch on the side, you may not see the rotate lock option. This is because you currently have the button set to rotate lock rather than mute. To get the option to show up in Control Center, go to Settings, General, Use Side Switch, and, to, uh, and then you set that to mute. Then you will see the lock rotate option in Control Center. Or you could just leave it set to lock rotation and use the side switch, which you know is actually much easier to control than the control center. Just saying. Okay, 
And since the last episode, there have been dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android boys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 1,700 plus of you already in the community and contributing. I mentioned Chuck Jones and Forbes earlier, and Chuck had a post last week titled Apple's iPhone 6 lead time still longer than previous models. And it, well, covered exactly what the title suggested it would, and that is Apple's current lead time for the iPhone 6 and also 6 Plus, and how they compared to the iPhones of days gone by. And in a nutshell, there is a longer lead time for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus now than we saw for past iPhones at the same point in their release cycle. While it could mean the manufacturing of the new iPhones is more difficult or yields are worse or both, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more about excessive demand. Building a bigger iPhone is easier than building a smaller iPhone. Of course, in about six weeks or so, Apple will have its next quarterly report, and at that time we will find out if Apple sold 50 million or 60 million or 70 million iPhones this past quarter. Anything under 50 million will be a tragedy. Anything between 50 and 60 will be a major disappointment. And anything between 60 and 70 mil will, is most likely to happen. And if it is over 70 mil, look at 150 for Apple stock. Again, we will know more about this in about six weeks. In the meantime, expect to see lots and lots of blog posts with speculation per the number of iPhones sold this quarter. Speaking of Apple stock price, it did something strange last week. It dropped a bunch in a very short period of time, like in an hour, in a few minutes, really. At first, many reported it as investors being spooked by something or many looking to get profits or it hitting some price limits. But the real reason for the big drop last week is an oops. Seems one of the trading houses had someone with what they call fat fingers. On December 1st, a big hedge fund with a major gain for the year and lots of Apple stock uh, sent in a big sell order to the trading desk. The order was supposed to have been a limit order and only executed if the stock dropped to a specified point in a specified time frame. What happened, it was entered as a market order at that lower price. Oh! So not sure what that means? If the stock is at 119 and you purchased it at 55, you might say, you know, if this stock gets down to 110 in the next few weeks, sell it. You double your money, you take a nice profit, but if the stock keeps going up, you hold on and make even more, at least on paper. In this case, it went out as sell the stock now at 110, even though the stock is really trading at 119. Since this was a lot of stock, it pushed the stock price down very quickly. Now it seems investors are still spooked and the stock uh, is caught in a trading range uh, that uh, lower you know, between that lower price and, uh, and about $115. So even though analysts keep upping their price targets, it seems for now Apple stock is stuck. And all because someone at a trading desk did an oops. Expect to hear more about who it was that messed up sometime in 2015 when proper papers are filed with the SEC. Safe to say someone is not getting their Christmas bonus this year. Speaking of Apple stock, Doug Cass, who correctly called Apple at its peak in 2012 and shorted it right before it went 
on a 40% reduction, is saying for the first time in two years, he is predicting a drop in Apple stock price, mostly because of how much it has gone up and because next year's upgrade cycle is likely going to be smaller than this year's. He is saying he will be increasing his short position early in 2015, likely meaning prior to the next quarterly report. See, even if Apple does get close to 70 million iPhones sales last quarter, all it can take to spook Wall Street is less than stellar forecasting from Apple going forward. And if there is news of an Apple Watch delay or even rumors from people in the know combined with an overly conservative future iPhone sales number, it could be a quick and sharp and very large reduction in Apple stock price. Expect to hear more about Mr. Cass in the next few weeks. He tends to get up on podiums and shout out his predictions after making sizable bets per his predictions. Not that that is considered a conflict of interest or anything. Well, Apple TV's YouTube app has a long-awaited update. Besides it getting a new look, it also now allows for ads, which means you get all the content that you always wanted, like music, that you weren't able to get because there was no ads. So if you're just jonesing for some Gangnam Style or what does the fox say, good news, you should be able to get them via your YouTube app on your Apple TV. Actually, you can get them on the old version anyway. There were also four new apps added to the Apple TV. First one, the Scene app from Condé Nast. Then there's Fusion, which offers, quote, a unique mix of smart, irreverent, original reporting, lifestyle, and comedic content. Hey, is that not what Fox News is already doing? Then there's Daily Motion, which now has an app. UFC.tv will offer you a $10 a month Fight Pass subscription service via its Apple TV app. And that rounds out the uh, four new apps. Seems Apple TV is getting everything added except, um, well, an app store. Uh, so we're waiting. I did read a couple of articles that implied or flat out said the update to the YouTube app most likely means there is no major update coming since Google would not have put in the resources for the update to the app if a bigger update were coming. Because yes, Apple is so keeping Google in the loop these days on their future plans. Per the YouTube app update, it does seem to only have been for Apple TV third gen owners. A second gen owners did not get said update to uh, YouTube app. Uh, which is good because still no commercials for us. Per the other four new apps on Apple TV, Fusion, Daily Motion, UFC TV, and The Scene, uh, they are both there for the second and third gen Apple TVs. And they will have a little blue banner in the upper right corner of the icon that says, yep, you guessed it, new. So look for that banner and look for those apps. And if you like Daily Motion and on the website and you like the videos that are there, now you can get it on your Apple TV. Thanks to Roger T and others for the heads up on this next one. There's a site out there called Android Police, and they just put out a 2014 holiday gift guide for Android devices. One category they covered is the best tablet to buy. They mentioned a few, um, like the Nexus 9 built by HTC, but they said, quote, None of us recommend the Nexus 9 because it's not exactly great. In fact, I'd argue no Android tablet is, unquote. So if no Android tablet is great, then what did they recommend? Well, the iPad Air 2. Yup, you heard that right. 
Android police said the best tablet you can buy is the iPad Air 2. The best Android tablet, they said, is the Galaxy Tab S. So if you wanted to know what the best Android tablet is, they consider that the Galaxy Tab S, which they said the following about, quote, I'm not too hot on the Exynos or have your Exynos processor, 16 gig of storage, Samsung's update track record that you get with the Tab S 8.4. The 10.5 is also just too big, and I'm not sure I want the 8.4 tablet either. It's a hair too small. The Nexus 9 is the right size, but pretty much the wrong everything else, unquote. Yikes. And that from an Android site. So the next time one of your Android fanboys, friends, relatives, or coworkers says anything about tablets, just remind them of what one of the top Android sites had to say about the Android tablets, which was basically 10-foot pole, touch them we will not, like most iPad Air 2 do we. Hey Rob, Tim from Cincinnati. I went to Staples the other day to get some photos printed, and uh, this requires you to mail the uh, email the photos to uh, staples. So I uh, set my iPad up on a stack of boxes to use it as a desk and uh, set my iPhone, new iPhone 6 Plus I should say, on uh, a box next to it and went to work, went in and out of the uh, print area to check out how things were going and at some point I realized I couldn't find my phone on me. I went back to the stack of boxes, looked everywhere else I had been, couldn't find it. So I started up find my iPhone on my iPad, and uh, it showed it was still in the store. The clerk uh, said, why don't I just call it? So I gave her my number, and she called it, but we didn't hear anything, which is not unusual because I usually have it on vibrate. Then I thought, well, I think I can make this uh, my phone beep. And so I got out the uh, find my iPhone app and found the button to hit. There were about six or seven people, customers and clerks, standing around in the area, some in line, and uh, this uh, loud beeping started ha- coming from uh, the other side of the the room there, or area, and I walked over the area, and there was a tall, young man uh, over there, and I walked by him, thinking it's on the other side of him, uh, but then it's over to my right, and it's over to my right, and it's going, I end up going around him, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, does he, does he have my phone? And I go around him one more time just to make sure. And I come around and I say, I believe you have my phone. And he gets this surprised look on his face. Uh, he had been looking very innocent up until this point. Oh, I found this on the floor. And, I said, and he pulled out of his back pocket and handed it to me. I said, where's my earbuds? And, and uh, he pulled those out of his pocket and gave it to me. And I kind of gave a disgusted look and started to walk away. And he said, don't I get any thanks? And I <laughs> I said, thanks? You just tried to steal my phone and got caught and you want thanks? Oh, I found it. And then I told him, you're a thief. Everybody here knows it. And a little bit back, back and forth uh, until I said I was going to call the cops if he didn't shut up. And I sat down and I, and I started to chuckle to myself because uh, here he was standing, the phone's vibrating in his pocket when the, when the clerk called, and he's trying to look innocent, and then it starts loudly beeping, and everybody in the area is looking over in that direction, and it watches me walk around him a couple times. So I stood up and I said, you know, 
I do need to thank you. I, I, I'm going to take your picture and put it on, put it on Facebook. And uh, so I held my phone up to him to take his picture, and he quickly covered his face with his coat lapel. Thought you'd enjoy that little story. And that, folks, is one reason why you need to make sure you turn on Find My iPhone. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Just a quick note to mention a new iOS 8 privacy setup in location services. They've changed it from on off to always never for certain apps and always never. And the best option um, while using, which I found because Google Maps and Apple Maps apparently was defaulted to that, just thought others might find this useful. Regards, Dan. Yeah, Dan, I try to make sure any apps I think might need location services, if it has the option when using or while using, that's the one I choose. But for lots of apps that just don't make any sense for location services, I definitely go to never. But again, if it's something that I think might use it when I'm using the app, then I'll definitely choose while using. From the Google Plus, with comments for the last episode... Hi, Rob. Thought I would throw out a few additional kids apps since I heard that mentioned on today's episode. Terrier is a multiplayer world building app like Minecraft, but a different style. My kids also like the resource. Actually, I want to stop you right there. That is the app that my son this week came and gave me five bucks. It's $4.99. And he said, Dad, here's my $5. Can I buy this app? And his friends are now playing it. So that's T E. R-R-A-R-I-A. So T-E-R-R-A-R-I-A. Terrier, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But anyway, that's one that um, at least the third graders in this neighborhood are getting into. Okay, now back to the comments from Myron. Uh, My kids also like resource management games like uh, Skylanders, uh, Lost Islands, Dragons, Rise of Burke, and Dragon City. I spend way too much with those three myself. Plants and Zombies, Cut the Rope, Angry Birds, Fish Out of Water are also popular. For apps, a couple of good ones are the Foldify series and drawing apps like Adobe Sketchbook and Procreate. Minecraft Papercraft is similar to Foldify, but you create Minecraft figures like uh, the cardboard cutouts you can buy in the stores. Foldify and Minecraft Papercraft create printable output so... Use with caution, or you might spend a lot of money on ink for your printer. Regards, Myron Euchre. Well, thank you, Myron, for that. And it looks like Terrieri, T-E-R-R-A-R-I-A, is the popular one, folks. Hey, Rob, did you see the tip in Gizmodo about using triple-click on the home button to dim the screen? I can't seem to find the article to forward it to you, but it uses a filter within the zoom setting in accessibility. I did it, and it works great. Three clicks to go from bright to dim, but I noticed that it doesn't actually change the dimmer settings uh, to dim the screen. It adds a dimming filter over whatever brightness your screen is set at. I noticed while turning my phone from horizontal to vertical or vice versa in the dim mode that there is a sliver of bright screen exposed while the filter overlay is trying to keep up with the rotation. So my question is, does the dimming the phone using use the process uh, have the same battery savings benefits of using the slider to dim it? My son asked me this, and I quickly answered yes, because the overall brightness is less, therefore less drain. But the more I think about it, 
the more I doubt my reasoning. So what do you think? Regards, John P. My guess is if it's actually is dimming it and not grayscaling it, then it is then it's less battery use. But if it is a filter where it's changing the coloring to make it look dimmer, then the backlight might still be at full brightness and you you might be drawing more battery still. The only real way to test it is, well, to test it. Oops, sorry, the brevity police just came in and told me I was supposed to say, I don't know. If someone does know for sure, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hello, Rob. This is Ron in Albuquerque, New Mexico. On your last show, number 330, one of your listeners commented about using T-Mobile with an unlocked iPhone, and I wish to comment on that as well. I, For a while, I had been using a 4S. It was an AT&T phone and had AT&T unlock it, then switched over to T-Mobile. And as I recall, everything about it was fine. In January this year, I went and got a 5C, and from an uh, eBay auction, it did say that it was unlocked, but I think it even said it was for T-Mobile, something like that. The phone works fine in all respects, but I do find it doesn't really get good cell coverage on T-Mobile. I believe that uh, should I upgrade in the future to an Six, what I would do is make sure it is a phone designed for T-Mobile, if I plan to stay with T-Mobile, and see if that would resolve the cell coverage issue. You do a great show, and I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Ron, thanks for the voice message. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Did you ever receive your SOS charger? I heard you mention it a few episodes ago, and really think it's uh, crappy of them not to fulfill their obligation to their backers before stocking shelves. My buddy Scott got his in October, while I have yet to receive mine. The kicker is that we ordered on the same day. This is one of the reasons that I'm so selective about backing Kickstarter campaigns. I hope you eventually get yours regards, Keith. Keith, nope, not a zilch, no SOS charger for me. Seems they wound up on shelves of retail space rather than in my hands and other funder hands like yourself. Safe to say... If this company does another Kickstarter project, I will not be recommending them. Boo, SOS Charger Team. Boo. Another Kickstarter project I had to get was the Legion Meter. So I tried checking to see if I could actually charge my iOS device faster with the Legion Meter. And at this time, the results are inconclusive. And maybe I don't have it set up correctly. What I can say is device is great with the Pebble because I can never tell if my mag connector is actually connecting. Many times I thought my Pebble was charging, but it was not. And so the connector on the Pebble is sketchy at best for making contact. So this device, um, you know, I don't know if it's charging a lot of the times. But with the Legion meter, I can check to see specifically when the current draw goes from zero to just a little more than zero. It's not drawing much power but it does draw more than an, enough to show up on the Legion meter, and that makes the uncertainty or takes the uncertainty out of charging my Pebble watch. Based on that feature only, I like my Legion meter and almost could recommend it right there, except that lately my Legion meter has been acting really wonky, and when I have it set for the higher power charging, 
with my iPhone 6 today, it was 6 Plus, it was going on and off, on and off, on and off. It was cycling on and off, on and off. I had to switch it from the the faster charging mode to the data charging mode, and that allowed it to work again. But boy, at the higher rate, something's not going right with the Legion meter. So I would hold off before you go buy any of those. Another Kickstarter project that is still ongoing is the Hush, which bills itself as the world's first smart earplugs. This one had a goal of 100,000, had being past tense, as they have raised over 4.6 times that amount, which means, yes, they are close to half a million dollars in funding, with December 23rd at 1.59 a.m. Central Time being the end date and time for funding. Yes, someone is going to have a green Christmas. Hush is, quote, wireless noise masking earplugs that block out the world while still letting you hear the things that matter most, unquote. Pricing for a set is $115 or $199 for two sets, with June 2015 as a predicted delivery date. In a nutshell, Hush is a wireless version of Bose noise-canceling headphones without the ability, repeat, without the ability to stream music or voice. It does allow playing of sounds or alarms, but not music or voice. These are earplugs for blocking out and canceling sound when you are flying or sleeping with someone who snores or anytime you just need really good earplugs to block out the outside world. To learn more about this, visit kickstarter.com and search for Hush, spelled just simply H-U-S-H. No crazy spelling. Hi, Rob. How are you? This is Renee Henriksen from One Adapter Team. We developed Twist, a universal MacBook adapter that is intuitive, uses use, and comes with a 20-watt, 4-amp, 4-USB port. While we travel a lot and we just couldn't find a good product to meet our power needs for MacBook and mobile devices while on the road, that's what led us to create Twist. We have finished the design and have built several prototypes to select it sent several prototypes to selected field testing. We were wondering if you would be interested in testing them out and give us valuable feedback. We have created a version for non-MacBook users as well. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to hear from you. Renee, uh, P.S., we updated the project with a travel cable concept that can extend MacBook adapter range for the uh, and for PC laptop use as well. Well, thanks, Renee, for the email. And I said to them I would be happy to test it out, and they are sending me one to test. Expect a blog post review of it in the TII and on Google+, and uh, also uh, in the TI app and on Google+, and on the TII blog um, next week when I get it. This one just has seven days to go. Pledging is open until December 19th at 12.39 p.m. Central Time. So what is the Twist? Well, according to their site... Quote, Twist is an ultra-portable universal adapter designed to work with the MacBook adapter. It offers much more functions than the Apple Roll Traveler adapter kit and makes charging your mobile devices much easier. Some of its functions include four USB ports for charging, universal outlet, and the intuitive Twist to change adapter type design, unquote. They are over 23K towards their goal of 30K. And this is a really cool project. And as they said, you don't have to have a MacBook to use this. 
but they have some for MacBook power supplies where it plugs in to the power supply brick. You know, where the cord plugs in uh, to the power converter, or you can pull out the cord and put the other smaller adapter. Well, you can put theirs in place. So it's really cool. Um, now, I like the fact that it gives you four different USB ports to charge your mobile devices from. Traveling with the family, they can all plug in. You can be that special person also at the airport giving access to multiple people to charge up when there's not other plugs around for them. This is definitely something any international frequent flyer would need and use. Where I myself see myself using this is on my desk in my office. This way I can connect multiple USB cords to it and then charge up my devices without having to constantly plug into my laptop USB port or run the extension cord up on my desk for my USB devices. Um, and with four ports, I can keep one for lightning, one for my 30 pin, one for my micro USB, and one for my pebble. and keep them all plugged in all the time. Less clutter and less plugging in and out of plugs. Um, I'm really excited to try this out. And I will send pictures when I get it. And I will, like I said, I'll put a review up in the TI app on the Google Plus site and also in uh, the TII blog. Hurry, get your pledge in now. Uh, the Twist Plus World Charging Station, that's the one with four charging ports. It's $30 Canadian. That's about $26 US. It's very reasonably priced. And again, they have working units. Search for Twist at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 331 at todayinios.com. And the Apple slash IBM agreement is starting to bear fruit. Ha, no pun intended. Okay, well, maybe a little pun intended. Apple and IBM uh, have launched the first round of mobile-first iOS apps. These are apps available to enterprise customers in banking, retail, insurance, telecom, governments, financial services, and other major industries. I really don't want to get into the specific apps since they are meant, well, not for individuals, but rather big business. However, if you are part of big business, Apple did put up a section on their site that goes over these new apps at apple.com slash business slash mobile dash enterprise dash apps. Or, you know, you can just look for the link in the show notes for episode 331. Phil Schiller had this to say in Apple's press release, quote, This is a big step for the iPhone and iPad and the enterprise, and we can't wait to see the exciting new ways organizations will put iOS devices to work. The business world has gone mobile, and Apple and IBM are bringing together the world's best technologies with the small, smartest data and analytics to help businesses redefine how work gets done, unquote. Will all of this lead to more iPad sales? Hard to say. But given Apple's recent surveys and or given all those recent surveys and speculation out there about plummeting iPad sales um, due to the iPhone 6 Plus, fablet sales mostly, Apple is, I am sure, hoping this does lead to a little bit more iPad sales because they need them. And, well, as long as those were not going to be originally Mac sales, Apple wants them. So, yeah, <laughs> could be funny. Apple could be wishing for the iPad sales, and, uh, and it winds up being something that cannibalizes Mac sales. We shall see. And it was a busy week for Apple's PR team, as they also released another press release titled, quote, iPad Air 2 and iPad Mini 3 models with cellular networking available in China starting this week, unquote. I'll give you one guess what this press release is about. Okay, darn, you're good. Yep, the title says it all. Really, I mean 
all, as there was not much else in the press release outside of this nugget. TD-LTE, FDD-LTE, as well as TD-SCDMA, comma, DC-HSDPA and HSPA Plus are all available in a single model. Yay! So combine this with the IBM press release, and it seems Apple is trying to prop up iPad sales. While the press release said the iPad Air 2 is available in 110 countries, it did not say what percentage of that 110 it is available in with cellular connections. This is Steve from Graham, North Carolina. Got to tell you something hilarious, man. I was listening to your podcast today about uh, the new feature in Siri, your latest podcast, and just you speaking the words, hey, Siri, through the podcast that I'm listening to on my vehicle's Bluetooth system enabled Siri to go into uh, reaction mode uh, on the spot twice when I was going down the street. So uh, at first I wasn't sure why. I thought it was highly coincidental, and it did it again, so I knew for sure it was, in fact, your triggering to respond. So couldn't help to share that with you and the rest of the listeners. Have a great day, and keep up the good work. Steve, thanks for the feedback. And I wonder if you saying, hey, Siri, in the message that you just I just played of you, cause your own phone to then go into that mode. That would be kind of meta. Now, folks, if you don't want Hey Siri to cause it to come up and do something, you can go to Settings, General, Siri, and then there's an option, Allow Hey Siri. You can turn that off, and then Siri won't respond whenever I say Hey Siri on the show. Here's another email on this. Hi, Rob. Once again, you triggered my iPhone's Siri when in episode 330 you said, quote, Hey Siri, unquote. Some other technical podcasters, example Tom Merritt, have learned to say something bet else between hey and Siri. For example, you might say hey, and you know how this works, Siri. Almost any wording would work. Regards, Lawrence M. Well, thanks, Lawrence, for that. And I'll, I guess I'll have to save my hey something else here, Siri, when something else here is not there for a college basketball season at the end when we get when the Flyers are in the tournament again. Hi, Rob. Quick question. I've noticed my 64-gig iPhone has a 56-gigabit capacity, but a 16-gigabit iPhone has a 12-gigabit capacity. Why do the bigger storage phones give you less memory? Also, I was wondering what would fill up your what fills up your phone most and what are your main apps? For people who want storage, uh, Flickr gives you one terabyte of free storage. Also, having an auto backup, it also has an auto backup feature. Regards, Tom. Well, Tom, thanks for the feedback, and sorry for mutilating your email there when I was reading it or trying to read it. Uh, to answer your question, I really am not, or the one of your questions, I really am not filling up my iPhone right now. I've got 128 gig, and I got like 90 something available, and that's just because I'm taking my time putting apps onto it. And I haven't put all my photos over, but I do plan to get all my photos over to it as well. So photos are really what's going to be on it. My wife's 128 gig iPad mini, it has uh, 60 gig plus of photos on there. So I'm going to do the same thing to my iPhone. Per your other question, why the larger capacity iPhone uses more storage than the lower capacity one? I have no idea. 
that you, know, you would think it's exactly the same information and base things that are being stored, and the 64 gig and the 16 gig and the 128 gig should all have the same amount over for the base. And that really should be how it is. I don't know why for yours that it's showing something different. Hi, Rob. I noticed that you can increase or decrease the maximum volume of your songs on your device through your computer. This saves battery life on the device by not having to use the EQ. To start, go into iTunes, plug in your device in and click on it in iTunes. On the sidebar, you will see on my device, click on music and you'll see all music on your device. Click on a song and then go to edit upper left in iTunes and click on select all. After all songs on your device are highlighted, right click on the songs and pop up comes up, click on get info. It will ask, are you sure you want to edit info? For multiple items, click edit items. Now click on options, you will see a volume adjust bar. By increasing or decreasing, each line is 20%. And, um, and then clicking OK, it will adjust the overall volume of the songs on the device. The benefits are louder songs without battery drain of using EQ. It also seems to level the songs out a little better. This can also be done for songs on the computer. Regards, Ken. Well, thanks, Ken, for that tip. Hey Rob, on episode 330, you mentioned about the iPhone 6 front camera shifting and not being aligned properly. I just got an iPhone 6, and when I got home, I thought I had gotten a refurbished unit as the front camera wasn't aligned. If you're listening to your podcast, I feel much better knowing that it wasn't just me and that Apple might replace my unit under the warranty. I did some searching in Google as well and found that there were many more people who had the same issue and took their device to Apple Pretty much all of them got their units replaced. I'm planning on visiting the store myself soon as my exams are now over. Regard-ish. Hey, Rob, this is Gil from Boston. I wonder if you can help me out with something if one of your listeners can. I really like some of the newer ability in the recent iOS updates to be able to quickly turn off and on such settings as Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and location services, etc. But what I would really like is modes. And what I mean by that is I have a set of settings that I use when I'm at home, when I'm at work. For instance, at home, I want my Wi-Fi on, my Bluetooth on, location services off. Hey, Siri should be off. And when I'm at work, I would need the Wi-Fi, but not the Bluetooth, et cetera. And when I go out for a run with my phone, I'd like to have, I don't need the Wi-Fi or the Bluetooth, but I want the location services on so that my run keeper will work. And also, hey, Siri, no, I, I can't use hey, Siri when I'm on a run because it won't be plugged in. Obviously, I, I do want that on the hey, Siri and the location service and the Bluetooth, but not the Wi-Fi when I'm in my car. So I'd love to be able to, to have themes or modes set up so I can say, I'm now home and I'm in home mode, which sets all four of those things and maybe some other settings that I'm not even thinking about. I know Apple in the past has been reluctant to allow developers to get at these sorts of things, but is there any way to do this? Does anybody have any clever method of making this work? Or do you know if there are any app developers who might be working on that sort of thing? Obviously, short of a jailbreak, I'm, I'm in no position given what I use my phone for 
to jailbreak. Love the show. Keep up the good work. And if somebody can help with this, uh, or if you can give me an answer, I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Gil, the brevity police would tell me to say, short of jailbreaking, there's nothing you can do. It will have to be via jailbreak if you want this. It would be great if Apple added that, having three or four different modes, and you could pick between them and have it remember which settings go to which mode. That would be a really nice feature. Maybe we'll see it in iOS 9, iOS 10, iOS 11. But for now, maybe there's a jailbreak tweak out there. That's going to be the only possibility is via jailbreaking. And if anyone does actually know a way to do this via jailbreaking, please let us know. 206-666-6364, 206-MOONDOG. Send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. But again, Gil, sadly, that's not something you're going to be able to do unless you jailbreak. And that transitions us into this email. Hi, Rob. This blog post almost convinced me to jailbreak. Also, there is a tweak for changing the snooze time on alarms. I think someone on the show way back wanted to know that. Regards, Chelsea. Well, thanks, Chelsea, for the heads up on this post titled, How Jailbreaking Made My iOS Experience Much Better. And it is a post that goes over activator tweaks and how he used it, plus some other cool jailbreak tweaks and apps. I will not go over all of the tweaks and apps that he mentions, but if you are looking for some new ones, check out the link in the show notes for episode 331. If you are jailbroken, let me know what your current favorite app or tweak is and what iOS device you are using as well for said app or tweak. Apple is out with their best of the year lists. For 2014, the best app was Elevate, with runner-up being Hyperlapse from Instagram. The best game was Threes, with runner-up being Leo's Fortune. They also listed 25 other apps and 25 other games to make the best of lists. Uber, Camera Plus, 1Password, and SwiftKey were among the top 25 apps. If you go into iTunes Store, you will see the link top and center in the featured panel. What I am curious to know is, of the top apps and top game list, which of these apps and games do you use on a regular basis and why? 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Give us a call or let us know by sending us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Tell us why you use some of these popular apps and how they help you and which ones. Thanks to Michael for the heads up on this one. Apple has this MFI program, which is like a blessing from the Pope or getting a taxi medallion in New York City before, well, Uber was around. MFI stands for Made for iPhone. And if you get the blessing from Tim Cook and Company, you fork over a percent of your sales, but you also get access to the Apple stores and the Apple store online. To get this blessing requires jumping through many hoops. Said hoops are on fire and they are spinning. There are environmental requirements, worker rights requirements, and much more. And now there is even one more more. According to 9to5Mac, quote, Apple is now also requiring that cases protect an iPhone, iPad, or iPod's cover glass when lying flat on a surface like a table. Cases must now provide a buffer of at least one millimeter between the cover glass and a flat surface. Case makers have two choices to achieve this. Either they cover the glass entirely or have part of the case protruding, protruding from the cover glass slightly to keep it from touching a flat surface. 
many cases already offer one of these two features, unquote. Additionally, cases will have to protect an iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch from a one-meter fall onto a hard surface in any orientation, including screen-first. Seems someone at Apple is tired of looking at shattered iPhone and iPad screens when they are out and about. From the It Really Sucks to be Working at Delta Airlines file comes the story about how now United flight attendants are all getting iPhone 6 Pluses. I say it sucks to be at Delta because they were forced to get uh, Surface tablets and Windows phones late last year. The pilots in it, um, got the Surface tablets and the flight attendants got the window phones, even though the pilots pushed for iPads. And now this news that all United Airlines flight attendants are getting a 6 pluses to boot, a little salt in the wound of Delta employees has been rubbed. Just saying. Part of the reason for iPhones is so that the pilots can now send pictures of their cockpits to the flight attendants via iMessage, and then the flight attendants can send pictures back of their galley. See, the pilots at United already have those iPads in the cockpit. Okay, it has nothing to do with sexting between pilots and flight attendants, and I'm sure it never will. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nope, this is more about iPhones replacing a five-pound printed safety manual. Or so they say. Also, at some point, the flight attendants will be able to use the iPhones to accept electronic payment for when selling food. That will be $4.99 for the bag of peanuts, Mr. Walsh. Oh, I can't wait. Hey, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. I'm calling in response to your feedback about the Chromecast. Actually, I think you're totally right about it being just mostly an AirPlay device. However, most apps support it. And secondly, the big benefit that I think you left out is that it does not give you the, bra- the battery drain that AirPlay does. Um, you can actually turn your device off once you start streaming to Chromecast. I just needed it to get, um, just to get uh, my Plex Media server on my other TV. You know, it's the cheapest option. And I tell you the truth, as far as the streaming thing goes, I like it better. I like streaming to it better than I like streaming to Apple TV, actually. Mostly because I can use my phone to do it. And there's almost no battery drain to your phone whatsoever. Once the stream is initiated, you can you can actually just turn your device off and it'll keep going. That's actually my favorite thing about it. So I do think that's one positive thing for people that want a, a low battery consumption device for streaming things to their TV. I am, honestly, I don't think there's anything better for streaming. I think the best box right now isn't the Apple TV. I think it's the newest Roku because you get a... Um, a headphone jack on your remote, which I think is really handy, especially for those people that need to listen to things in a quiet environment. So that's just my feedback. I think the Apple TV is the worst streaming device right now, you know, unless you love AirPlay a lot because it, you know, it's fallen behind on a lot of the things and the interface is old. And I think Apple has to be coming up with an update for it because honestly, it needs to be updated. It's not I don't think it's the best device out there right now. So thanks. I love the show, Rob. I just had to throw my little two cents in there about the Chromecast. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks, Justin, for that feedback. And I also had this email. Hi, Rob. I just tried a little experiment. I used the Netflix app on my iPhone to launch a film to play via Chromecast on ATV. Then I turned the phone off and left it off for half an hour. The film continued to play even though the iPhone was off. So it seems that Chromecast is in fact a streaming device, though it requires a smartphone 
piece of hardware to launch the video. Apparently, the iPhone is not sending the video stream to the TV. Not sure if this test reveals anything we didn't already know, but interesting nonetheless regards Matt S. in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Well, gentlemen, thank you both for that feedback. Hi, Rob. I am using iOS 8 with my iPhone 4S. I've noticed it gets very choppy and laggy quite often. I think it's because it's always updating my mailbox or perhaps notifications. Basically, when it's accessing the internet, any suggestions on how to make it stop this behavior regards Tash. Well, Tash, one thing you can do is make sure you have your email set using the Apple's email app and make sure you have it set to manually fetch mail. So it only will fetch when you go in and pull down to pull in new mail. So this way it's not happening randomly. Have it set to manually fetch mail. If anyone else out there with the iPhone 4S has some good tips and tricks on speeding it up with iOS 8.1.2 or 8.1.x, let us know. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Sometimes my iPhone 6 Plus 8.1.1 will not play a video. It will play the sound, but no video. So I skip to the next video and it plays. When I go back to the video that did not play, less than five minutes later, the video plays. Is anyone else having this trouble? Regards, Robin J. Again, I'm going to send that one out to the audience. Give us a call or shoot us an email if you've had this issue and, if, more importantly, if you solved this issue. Hi, Rob. Still in the podcast, since iOS 8.1.1 was released, myself and a neighbor have both noticed our iPhone 5Ss have now at best one signal bar, but no more, often no service at all, on the O2 cellular network. Text messages can take hours or even days to come through, and callers can't reach me once in a call. However, it doesn't drop. We do have uh, other phones on the same network, and none of them have these, these problems. We've both done fact resets on our iPhones and tried new SIM cards to no avail. We've also contacted O2 who say there are no issues backed up by the fact that other people's phones are fine. Ideas help. Regards, Alfred C. in Dronfield, England. Wow, Alfred, I'm going to send that one out there. Any UK listeners, anyone have any experience with issues with O2 or... Uh, anywhere else where you're having an issue with cellular where you only can get one bar, again, if you know of a solution, give us a call, 206-666-6364, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free 10-day trial to their 3,100-plus video tutorials Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring the show and for the free offer. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork created and uh, to feature on the show that's been created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback and participation is greatly desired. 
And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com community. And finally, there is a new, and yes, we've updated again, the TII app. And yes, as you already know, it's free. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode is released or when there's breaking news. Please go right now and download the TII app. And stick around at the end of today's episode. I got an email or a voice, yeah, voicemail message in here that's a little bit longer, so I'm going to put that one at the end. And folks, that now is going to do it for us today. Well, except for that voicemail message at the end. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Hey, Rob, this is Mike from San Jose, California. I call in to f- get some app advice. Um, there was a, actually, it wasn't an app. It was actually a website that I used last year for my Instagram account. I have a art-related Instagram account. All of my art uh, drawings and designs I post up on this one particular Instagram account. And uh, there was a website that I use called Statigram, S-T-A-T-I-G-R-A-M, and it would gather all of your most popular, it would gather the five most popular Instagram images that you had for that year, it would make a little 15 second video collage. Uh, That was just one of the options that that website offered. And it did everything for you. And then after the the uh, video was compiled, it would email it to you. And then all you had to do was download the, the uh, video to your camera roll on whatever device you're using. And then from there, you could upload it to Instagram. And people could see like the highlights of your 
last year, like your most popular images, and at the end of the video it says thank you. So all of that was pre-made and predetermined by uh, that website. It's made that video and the slideshow and everything for you. But now it seems that they've this website has changed the name to Iconosquare, I C O N O Square dot com, and they now offer something called snapshots, which will give you just images of your Instagram stats. Like it'll give you an image of your uh, most five popular images over the past year. It'll give you a snapshot. These these are basically little screenshots that you get. Uh, that they'll email email to you. It gives you one of the most popular locations worldwide of people that are followers of your Instagram feed and and your most popular Instagram followers that like all of your stuff pretty much all the time. But I don't care about any of that stuff. I just want a app or website or whatever that will compile a slideshow of your five most liked Instagram images, then it'll put that in a slideshow. I'm kind of thinking there may not be an app out there like this that'll do all of this stuff for you automatically. I'm thinking I might have to compile my own slideshow, but since this I just did this last year, so I don't know. Maybe there is another app that took its place. Maybe there's another one out there that does the same thing. It'll go through all of your images and it'll compile your most popular ones and it'll and it'll put together a slideshow for you that's 15 seconds long that you can automatically upload to Instagram and then it, it if it doesn't say thank you, I get you know maybe write thank you down at the bottom or something just to thank all the people that have liked all of my artwork and supported me but uh it's kind of like you know every year everybody does like the best songs of the year the best music video of the year and so i would like to do my best images my best drawings of the year and thank everybody for watching and following and liking and commenting so Anyways, if there's an app out there that will automatically do that, that would be great. Other than that, I think I'm going to have to compile my own uh, slideshow. And if that's the case, what's the best app to use to compile a slideshow that I could use on Instagram? So that's it. Any help would be greatly appreciated. And I'm not sure what time this is getting to you, but if we could get, if I could possibly get a reply back before. Uh, the end of the year. <laughs> That'd be great. Anyways, thanks a lot, Rob. Have a good one. And Mike, I am not a big Instagram user, so I'm going to throw this one out to the audience. If anyone has any help here for Mike, shoot us an email today in iOS at gmail.com. Let us know what you would suggest for Mike, or you can also always call into the show 206-666-6364. Until next week. Bye.